0: God. You may have your seats. Thank you all for coming out. God is good all the time. I just love that. I have to remember to go slowly. It's a Wednesday night. Amen. (laughs) This is the night we get to chew. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read you something here. Jerry Seville. He says, uh, once when I was on my way to London to preach in a meeting, I picked up a biography of Henry Ford in the airport bookshop. He said, I like to read uh, autobiography, uh, autobiographies, biographies, thank you, of great men and women, and having been in the automotive business before going into the ministry, I especially enjoyed reading books about people who are involved in that industry. He goes on to say, so I bought this book about Henry Ford to read on the plane, I guess just to pass some time. Um, You know, we never know how God works, amen? Um, It turned out to be a good investment, he says, because it, it was so inspirational and motivational. Um, He talks about two particular statements, but I'll just read one. He says, um, Henry Ford said that when he was a very young boy, his mother taught him that life would present many opportunities. But it would take self-discipline, courage, perseverance, to make those opportunities a reality. Some of us may have heard of, you know, parents saying things like that or other things, amen? <laughs> but um, he goes on to say that all of us are presented with opportunities every day, you know, opportunities for greatness, opportunities for success, and even more importantly, wonderful opportunities to serve God in a greater capacity are given to us every day. And you think about that, you know? Um, we just move so fast through life and, uh, and our daily, you know, chores and a job and things that we do, and, and just need to slow down and listen to God and, you know, maybe we pass opportunities, you know, we go to the gas station or the grocery store or the restaurant and we just need to take that two minutes to, because we could miss an opportunity. We could be going so fast. We're trying to go faster than God, eh, amen. He controls time. And we can just miss an opportunity, you know. And um, it says, you know, um, God has given you an opportunity not only to learn more about His Word, but also to better your life or my life. By appropriating, you know, what we learn and applying it to our own life and circumstances, we are able to enjoy a better or more successful life. And there's something behind all of this, but just chew on this for a while. God, you know, God wants our life to be better for His glory. He says when our life is better, when good things are happening in our life, and when we are tapping into greater levels of success and prosperity, when the peace of God is residing within us, it makes God look good. never thought about that, you know? He said God wants you to seize every opportunity he gives you so that you can make progress in your spiritual life of faith, and this has nothing to do with faith. But I just picked up on that this afternoon. I don't know why, but it's it's good. Amen. Um, if you could put up on there uh, Deuteronomy 28, or if you have your Bible, you can turn there also. going to be reading this. It says, um, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. We're going to go all the way to verse 14. All right? Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 3 says, Bless you shall be in the city and bless you shall be in the country. Bless shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Bless shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Bless shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Amen. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you <laughs> seven ways. we we'll see it says, The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses and to all which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord God is giving you. Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. Verse 10 says, Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12, And the Lord will open to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, And not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. And verse verse 14 says, You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Amen. That was very long, but we are going somewhere. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, as we look carefully into these verses, we will begin to see, feel, and I believe understand and apply these very same principles, these blessings of obedience or blessings of promise. When you, when you read this, you know, that was afforded the children of Israel and for us today. You know, in verse 1 it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. A couple of things here we have, you know, we have to do. We know that God is a just and a fair God. We do something, he does something. Amen. We pray and we ask in faith for something according to his word. We have a part to do. Amen. We, it, it doesn't work, it's not a one way street. We do something. And God does something else. God does, in a sense, what we ask Him to do. And sometimes even far beyond that. Um, the promises of His Word in our lives, you know, as, as we do our, our part, it, it allows God you know, to release the promises of His Word into our lives, is what it does. I like um, this word, diligently. There, Webster says it's having or showing careful and sustained effort or application. So, as you read that, it says, "Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God." But that word, diligently, it tells us that we have to show careful, pay careful attention. Amen. We have to show a sustained effort. In other words, we can't just read the word of God and just let it go by. It's not always, you know, what it seems on the surface. I'm thank God for a great pastor that we have, that he dissects that word for us, and it's just—it's always exciting. We go back and reread the word, and we read the same thing again, and it just—it's like we never saw that before. So, as we study the Word of God, you know, we have so many things that we can use. We have the vines and we have other things that that can equip us. And and it'll help us to understand the Word better and pull, you know, the the truth out out of it. The other thing says here is, um, observe carefully. And that looks like a simple statement, amen? But what is God saying? Okay, one meaning has it. One meaning has it as to notice by the sense of sight. All right? To watch attentively and to keep under surveillance. I think about that. So, when you read that, he wants you to read his word, study his word, pay attention diligently to observe it and to keep it under surveillance. And we know God's part? When it says on this on this part here it says now it shall come to pass. What does now mean? Now? Just like yes means yes, right? And that's exactly what it is. Webster says it's at once. Now means one. Now means now or during the present time. It says, The Lord God will set you high above all nations of the earth. So there's so many things we can just pull just from that one verse. And it makes you wonder the children of Israel how much they ignored God, you know? And His Word and all the promises that He had for them. But in the Word, we, read, you know, we can read what they went through and we can learn from their mistakes. Amen? And this is what is going to help us tonight. It seems to me that... It says, The Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Um... This word high, again, it says of, in in Webster, it says of relatively great importance, of influence, which is the first thing we kind of get out of that. A high level position. But it seems to me that God is always, you know, trying to put us in a place, in a high place of sovereignty, you know. As long as we humble ourselves, that's where He wants to, to take us in this. In our verse thirteen, it says, "And the Lord will make you what? The head, and not the tail. You shall be above only, and not beneath." So when you know, when when he talks about you know, um, that he will set you high above all the nations of the earth, it goes beyond that. God is the one that is going to put us up. Amen. As we continue to read here. Um, Verse 2 it says, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I love that. Because you obey the voice of your Lord, the Lord your God. But I think this, this overtake here is not talking about an overtake like, you know, and this FL goes around and just you know, when you pass another car or something. <laughs> um, but it talks about like it, it comes it comes upon you and it overtake you And just that that first phrase, you know, just the word come, it seems as soon as as, as, as that statement is made, it it occurs actually 31 times in 29 verses in the word, so it must be important. I kind of read all of these and in every verse and particular situation at that time, whether it was a blessing or a curse, it seemed as soon as the Lord says come, before He even finish that statement upon you that it instantly happens. In other words, this this is a blessing that comes when it says overtake, it consumes you. It overshadows you. That is it, is, is, is what it means when it talks about this overtaking. It actually consumes you. This is the blessings he's talking about. For the children of Israel and for, our, for ourselves. As they, you know, continue to be obedient to God. This is what was going to happen to them. And this is what is going to be for us. As we continue to live the life for God, you know, that is pleasing to Him. And, you know, it, it overtakes us in a good way. Amen? Verse 3 says, Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall be you in the country. So guess what? It doesn't matter where you choose to live. I'm going to pick on Ms. Ethel a little bit tonight. See how much patience she has. He's not going to only bless her because she lives in the city, all right? She'll bless us in the country also. And, you know, so it, it really doesn't matter so much where you live, like we were talking, you know? Uh, before, I think Sunday was mentioning something about that, but um, doesn't matter which country we are from or where we are. But His promises are real, and He is going to bless us. Amen. It says, um, it, it continues. You know, it it doesn't matter. Like I said, where we live, He is also a faithful God, and He also is our our true source. He's the one that we depend on for these blessings. In verse 4, it says, Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. I know nobody has cattle or goats or any of that here, right? But imagine if you had those things and people that has those things, how you know God will bless what you have Increase what you have, like Pastor Steve said, you'll use what you have. Amen. It goes on to say in verse 5 here, it says, "Bless shall be your basket and your needed bowl. Now, on this basket, I try to enlist Pastor Steve's help on this as it talks about here in Hebrew. But it was a little tough and I didn't quite get everything that he was uh, trying to work on for me. But I want to read um, what it says here, all the divines in the Greek. Because I want you to get a picture of your basket, amen? I want you to get a picture of, you know, the things that we have and we, we possess and, and what God says He's going to do. And his word is true. So, let me get into vines here a little bit. It talks about, um, there's a a number of places that uses this word basket, but I couldn't get it, like I say, uh, to get it to match here. But I just want to give you an idea. We think of a basket, you know, we just think of a basket, but I want your mind to... Open up a little bigger than that, all right? In one Greek form, it says uh, the word spurus signifies something wrong, twisted or folded together, connected with spira or spira, anything rolled into a circle, Um, hence a reed basket, plated, a capricious kind of hamper, sometimes large enough to hold a man. Um, as in Acts 9.25. Now, here's another one. It it says uh, um, that was used um, in 2 Corinthians 11.33. It talks about... uh, um, When it talks here in Acts 9.25, it talks about the basket that they let Paul down in over that wall. And Paul mentions it it here, but he he talks about it being... um, uh, sargain. Um, it says, the last basket made of ropes or wicker basket made of entwined twigs. That the basket in which Paul was let down from a window in Damascus is spoken of by Luke as a spurious and by Paul himself as a, as a sargain. It is quite consistent and the two terms being used for the same article. So you kind of get a sense of it's not just talking about a basket here, but you know, I've I've seen you know a lot of baskets in my lifetime, but I've seen you know in, in Trinidad when you go to the marketplace, they have these huge baskets. You know? God doesn't want you to think about just a little basket that you know that has holds some flowers or things that He wants you to think about a big basket, big enough to hold a man. Amen. And I've seen these things. <laughs> I've actually seen this. I've I've seen it in the marketplace, and I've seen this um, this one guy lived where we lived back in Trinidad, there and he used to go with his wife and um, the people that work with him, and they would actually carry the basket side to side. I mean, if two people carrying this thing, and he would just stroll through the market, and he would just pick whatever he wants, and just they just throw it right into the basket. I mean, this was a big thing. So this, I mean, this is how we have to think. This is how we have to open up our mind, you know, to think big in terms of of His Word and and how God wants to put, you know, bless us. Can't think small, amen? Now, the other part says, um, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Anybody got the memo tonight? Anybody bring their kneading bowl? Not you, Miss Ethel, Okay. I love you. We actually bought ours tonight. Oh, All right. <laughs> but you know, you get a sense of the basket and you get a sense of your kneading bowl. And when you're kneading that thing, that flower in there, why can't you say, God, bless my kneading bowl? That's what your word says. I mean, God can, you know, expand things. God can do many things, amen? Look at the widow woman. She was about to make her last meal, amen? And God increased that thing, all the miracles that that God did. But I just want to give you a sense of the things that, that you have. And when you read God's Word and the things that are before you, don't just read it as it is there, but bring out the meaning in it and give it some meaning in your own life, amen. in our life, and it makes the word exciting, you know, it, 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 it just puts you in a whole, it's a whole different perspective on it, it gives you a whole different meaning, you know, um, of, of what his word is, uh, is, is trying to say. Um, verse 6 says, Blessed you shall be when you come in, blessed shall you be when you go out. And this is a thing that I practice, because, you know, we always say, well, you know, we leave in the morning, eh, we go to work, we take a quick prayer sometimes, and we, don't have the, we don't make the time, I have to say, we don't make the time, and um, we pray on our way or whatever, and then we get to work and we just think that we're having such a rough day, you know, and things are just going haywire. But if you take God's promise and you step out of the door in the morning and you say, God, your word says that you're going to bless my going out. Then when that thing comes on the tip of your tongue and you have a rough time, you're like, wait a minute, God says it's going to bless my going out. and I'm here. And my day is going to be blessed. These circumstances, no matter what is, what is around me or going on, it's not always going to be easy. But you reminded yourself of that as soon as you stepped out of your, off, out of your door. But well, I thank you that you bless my going out. It sets a tone for the rest of your day. You know what I mean. Um, and then when when you come back, you know you come back tired, and sometimes you want to tell what's what's going on or what happened, you know, during the day in your job. You may have a good day, or you may not have had a good day. But before you you know you open your mouth to say anything when you come inside, you're sitting what? Thank you, Father God, that you blessed my coming in. And we take word, God's word like that. It would, it, would, it would put, a, it would put a, a whole different light on His Word and bring this sort of blessing into our lives. Amen? It says, The Lord will cause your enemies, I love this, to rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. I mean, you think about the doors you have in your house. It just might be one or two doors. You have a couple more windows. But you think about that man. I mean, no matter what people want to say against you, and I know it's 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 not always easy. But he's, God is saying, "I'll I'll make them flee seven seven ways be, uh, before you." Isaiah fifty four and seventeen says seventeen says, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn." That's us continues to say this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness in me, says the Lord. You know, we have to learn, and even myself, not to get so worked up. You know, when our enemies and our friends and our families and our co-workers, even our brothers and sisters in the Lord, not in this church, (laughs) wrongfully accuse us. Right? Because when we look at what Jesus went through when He was taken to be crucified, oh, wow. Wow. Amazing! He opened not His mouth. Amen? So we take examples from that. In verse 6 it says, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand and He will bless you in the land which the Lord gave you or given you. And you, you think about this for a moment. It says that the Lord will command the blessing. I think Pastor Steve talked about that. I mean, when God commands something, oh man, you read through His Word. Imagine the Lord commanding a blessing on you and everything you have, plus all that you set your hand to. Think about that for a minute. I mean, we, that's that's we have to pray. Lord, you know what? Your Word says it. It says that you are going to command blessings on me and my family and everything that I set my hand to. This this word command is a is a wonderful word, and I looked it up in vines. And toward the very end of its meaning, it says, "He God commands the thing when he when he God commands the thing simply occurs." In Psalm thirty three and nine, it says, "For he spoke and it was done; he commanded and it stood." Fast. It held, amen. When God command when he says something, I think it's similar, but when he commands something, you know. People try to say things against you, and he'll he'll be like, you know, you can't they say things about my children? I command a blessing on them. You know what I mean? When God commands something and it stays fast, it's sure. In verse 9 it says, The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself. Just as He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of your Lord, your God, and walk in His ways. This would establish, it is God essentially saying that I am going to settle Or to make you permanently mine or my own. Which we know He did already on the cross. So when you read this, take comfort. When you see that word "establish," think about it. When you see the word basket, think about it. Anywhere in the word. Go after it. In verse 10 it says, Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And we know what this afraid is talking about. It's not talking about a fear like, you know, they'll be scared of you. The fear of God. And here, the actual word Yahweh is used for God. Amen? Afraid here is saying that, you know, that the world will see God's presence and His blessings on us, and they would stand in awe, and they would give God. Ashley says, that they would see God's presence and His blessings on us, and stand in awe of the greatness of our God. And that's the kind of a effect we need to have. Amen? But that's what His Word says. In verse 11 it says, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase in of your livestock, and the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Verse 12 says, The Lord will open up to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain in your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations... And you shall not borrow. And I like what Pastor Steve said, amen? Here God is opening up His good treasure. Not the junk, amen? The good stuff, amen? The good stuff. His best that heaven has to offer. All right? Like Pastor Steve was saying, don't sow junk. And when we think about sowing, we're like, you know, well, I have two of these, I'll give away one. Or I have two similar. Mm, I don't wear this one so much. Maybe I give this one away. This shoes, this dress, this jacket. But no, God wants us to go to the best thing we have in the closet. You know, when He says to, to first give something. Well, what do you want me to give, Lord? I want you to give your car. I want you to give your motorcycle. I want you to give. <laughs> I want you to give your phone. I want you to give your iPod. I mean, these are just things, you know. I I know it's stirring up some things here, you know. But just think about that. You know, when God asks us to give something away, we have to give it. And then the the next thing we have to say, Oh God, what do you want me to give away now? If it's something from your closet, you go in there, He's going to just point to that thing that you love so much. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it, it's it's really interesting how Pastor Steve has spoken about that. Don't sow junk. Don't give away junk. Amen. I mean there there, there are things that we we get rid of and we put in a bag and we don't wear anymore, and we put it in a bin that is different. When we gotta give something to somebody, we want to bless them the right way, amen. We wanna think about how God wants us to bless them and what he wants us to give the best, amen. Verse 14 says, You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after gods, other gods to serve them. Exodus 25 says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Amen? So let us obediently serve Him and love Him because the benefits of doing so far outweighs the act of not doing so. Amen? I hope this Word has blessed you tonight because it certainly has blessed me. It made me look at this whole thing so differently. It it challenged me, you know, to read this Word in a, in a, in a different light. And Pastor Steve always does that for us. But man we need to really, you know, look at God's Word in a whole different way. Father God, we thank You for Your Word tonight. How it always blesses us and teaches us, O oh Father God, the things that we don't see with our natural eyes, O oh Father God. We thank You for Your Word and it brings faith into our lives, O oh Father God. It stirs us up, O oh God, and strengthens us, O oh Father. oh Lord, we just love Your Word. We love Your Word, Father God. We love Your Word. We choose to read Your Word and to study Your Word. And it's just so exciting, O Father God. And how many good things can come out of Your Word for us, O Father, to make our lives better. And that we will not just look at things in our natural eye, O Father, but through the eyes of the Spirit. Every time we read Your Word, Father God, we enjoy it and we'll see it in a whole different light. We thank You and praise You in Jesus' name, O God. Thank you.